listening to the Woman of Strength podcast for the purpose-driven woman who has a yearning deep in her soul to serve the world. Presented to you by Ange Wilcock, creator of Evolutionary Model of Well-Being, Mindfulness-Based Storytelling, and The Raw Woman Project. A businesswoman on a mission for every human on the earth to feel enough. Welcome to another episode of Woman of Strength TV and podcast. Another incredible guest I've got for you today. And her name is Robin Joy Mayers. And I, when I was reading her um, bio, it was like, oh, there's something in there that really struck me. So if we get time in the interview, I'm going to ask her about it. But anyway, I'd just like to welcome you, Robin. You know, just <laughs> welcome to this incredible podcast. I am so excited to be with you. Thank you for having me. Oh, and thank you for being here. So I'm just going to read to the audience um, your bio and then we'll sort of take it from there because there's some really interesting things in here. So Robin is an international speaker, author, fear strategist, radio host and founder of Navigate and Empower. With over 25 years of experience in the corporate and nonprofit world in education, so my pauses are not good. So, with over 25 years of experience in the corporate and nonprofit world in education, training, and mentoring, as well as masters in molecular genetics. Now, that's what I'm interested in. But anyway, Robin has empowered thousands of women worldwide. An expert in transition, Robin specializes in the power of self, mindset, leadership, and fear. And Robin teaches women to use their voice and create their best life. Living a life without fear isn't realistic, but you can use fear to your advantage. So Robin's also an amazing, is an Amazon bestseller um, and she's the author of Alone But Not Lonely. And that sounds an incredible title because, yeah, we'll talk about loneliness, I'm sure, um, in this interview. And she's also a radio host of Activate Bold Choices. And she's spoken on numerous stages. So welcome, Robin. I mean, what a, <laughs> what a number of achievements that uh, you've had and what wonderful things that you do. Why, thank you. You know, when you hear your own bio, you're like, oh, that's... I know. It amazes you, doesn't it? I know. I remember when I got mine done and someone that came back to me and I was like, wow, is that really me? But yes, it is. And we forget all our accomplishments, don't we? And so that brings me nicely into, you know, could you share your journey with us around stepping into that woman of strength? I would love to. You know, um... I really say it's taken me 53 years to step into that. So you're never too old to do it. And I always tell my younger clients and people around me, like, you're never too young to start. <laughs> so yeah, totally that. agree. Yes. That. Um, for me, it really was, um, I never used my voice growing up. I, I actually was the youngest of three children. I have two older brothers. And um, I didn't actually have to speak until I was four years old because all I had to do, they were so excited, they had a girl. All I had to do was point to whatever I needed and everyone ran in different directions to try and figure it out. So I never really had to use my voice. And as cute as it was maybe at the time, I never really learned to ask for things and ask for my needs. 
Mm. So I like really, as many women do, people pleasing and making sure that, you know, I was taking care of everybody else. And I did that through my teenage years into my young adult and adult life. And so um, even going to college, um, becoming a molecular geneticist, um, <laughs> it was like I didn't get into med school, so I went into molecular genetics. So um, before you carry on your journey, can you, can you just tell me what is that? What does that mean? What is that, what's that doing? It's, it's my master's degree. I actually discovered a gene um, in fruit flies, Drosophila, uh, yeah. about uh, with muscles and flight. So I don't know where it's at now in research, but we thought it had to do with like dystrophy at some point. So it's all about the genome. And when I actually got my degree, that's when um, the Human Genome Project was just getting started, where DNA was kind of like that new sort of science was coming out. And, yeah. you know, they had no idea, like, the idea of mapping the human genome was like this new big craves, you know? So it was an exciting time, but um, I met my husband to be, I, we raised a, started a family rather quickly. I have three beautiful kids. Now they're older, 22, 24 and 26, something like that. <laughs> uh, but I always just served, you know, I was, yeah. and I laugh now and I reflect now I laugh because I was always known as either Michael or Evan Kira's mother or the dog walker or the team mom or, but never as Robin Myers, mm. Joy, which is my middle name. And I never used my middle name until this year. Um, Cause I was like, that's a silly middle name. And I was like, no, actually I'm going to embrace it and use it instead. But um, so and I never, it's, it's, sorry to interrupt you, but it's incredible that you were given that at birth. Wasn't it joy as your middle name? Isn't that funny? Yeah. And I never, I thought it was the most ridiculous middle name ever. Um, but now it's kind of powerful to me, you know. But going through all of that, um, my mother actually died when she was 53 and I was 21. She died of cancer. And so when I turned 53, is with the day I turned my book in to the publisher, my daughter turned 21. And it was a real surreal year, and it was a really um, eye-opening year, year for me because I really, you know, my kids were older. I kind of have done my job, not that motherhood ever ends, but um, it really was a wake-up call, you know, to really become very self-aware and really realize what I wanted because I did suppress my needs. You know, I love to cook. I love to travel but I never went outside the box because it was the family or it was, you know, someone's finances or I held a job as college tuitions came in, but I never set that time aside. And that's what I really try and empower women with, like start finding your time and finding your awareness because you do have to draw those boundaries and find the balance. Um, and it did, it took me 53 years because just turning 53 and having knowing my mom died at that age, it was just kind of like, I don't know if it's mortality. I don't know what it was, but it was a real wake-up call for me. Mm. So, so how, my, how did you break out of that box, you know, because you felt sort of confined and you were, you know, living out all these different roles, as you explained earlier. So how, how did, what was your sort of first step? So you came to this realization because it must have been, yeah, I mean, there must have been some sense of worry, too, because you were 53, 
your daughter was 21, same ages as, you know, when your mum died. And then you step into the reality of, oh, wow, I'm 53 and I'm still living. And so, yeah, so what, what, is, what was the first thing that you did when you came to that awareness that there's a big life out there to live? You know, I really kind of sat in, in my own space and I said, you know, ask, ask myself the hard questions. You know, am I truly, one, do I really know who I am? And the answer was no. And do I, am I truly happy? Like happy in my own skin? Like what would I do being alone? You know, um, because alone's really important. And that's what I talk about, like alone, but not lonely. Like there's yeah. a, a, a cross of alone time is so necessary to really know who you are and find that time for you. Not and close out the rest of the world in the laundry list of things we do as women. Mm. So I really started to really find my way in between all of that. Um, through all these jobs, I thought I had like a great job. I taught math and science because of course my science background for a long time. Um, and I had this boss who was really, she was a woman and she really, uh, I think was very narcissistic. Um, she had her own issues at hand and was very good at putting me down. And mm. uh, so that quiet Robin, that young Robin, the introvert kept coming back. And I just said, you know what? I can't do this. I'm, I, I have to make a choice. I'm either going to live a life or I don't have a life worth living. And so I, um, I walked in, I quit, that next day from that job, which kind of stirred a lot up because obviously there was some security with, for the family. And I was like, you're, I have to change. I just can't do this. So that's, it was just baby steps really. Yeah. Yeah. But then that's a big, it's a big step too, to, like you said, to just end your job, isn't it? Knowing that, you know, this, this is not where you want to be. This is not how you want to be treated. And yet the impact of giving up an income you know, that has on your life and your family. So it might seem, because I think sometimes when we look back, we go, it's just baby steps. But actually the reality, if we step into how we felt at the time, it may have, I don't know for you, but for me, I think that would have been huge. You know, wow, going, giving up an income, you know, I've been yeah. supporting my family, changing a belief system, pushing myself outside of this box. They seem like big steps. <laughs> true that's true and it's, it's stirred up people i mean you know there's people that you learn to and it, it's some are family members and some are not but those people that still support you and then there's people that you know don't because quotes you've changed and yeah. it's really becoming comfortable with you like you can call me selfish but i don't think taking care of me is selfish you know um mm you're with yeah. me or you're not with me, you know, you want to be here or not. Um, and it's true. I've changed a lot. Like I yeah. woke up and I have a voice yeah. now. But, I but love it. I love it when people say that, you know, when people go, you've changed, you know, as though it's like something's wrong. And I go, hooray, you've noticed. Wow. Thanks. And they're like, what? I go, of course I've changed. You know, we're always changing. We're changing. We're evolving. We're learning. We're growing. That's what makes life interesting, isn't it? Exactly. We have to. Yeah. <laughs> and, and nobody, who made these boxes? Nobody made these boxes for us to check. So 
why shouldn't we, you know? And, and I realized how young 53 is. I mean, I was like, that's not old at all. So I got a lot of living to do. Yeah, same as I, I always had this view when I was growing up, when I was like 30, I always thought by the time I reach 50, I'm going to have it all sorted. You know, life is just going to be incredible. I'm going to understand what life is all about. I'm going to have all this freedom and da 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 when I woke up on my 50th birthday, I was like, okay, no, it doesn't quite work like that. <laughs> I know. No, 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 but I'm just getting started. So I, um, and yeah. it's so funny because I, I talk to younger people and they're like, 50, oh my goodness, you know? And I was like, oh, you guys have no idea. Yeah. It's, it's like the best time, like enjoy it. Yeah, and it is. I mean, like stepping into that. I mean, I'm 55. I was 50, oh, just 55 last week so literally just 55 and I it's been hitting 50 has been the best years of my life like the learning has been accelerated it, it's just huge it's massive but I've been able to manage it and handle it and even the times when I felt like giving up and there has been a couple of those literally wanting to opt out and yet something in me just kept saying, no, this is, this is just a learning. That's all it is. You know, you're stuck in that mindset again that life is supposed to be like this and society wants you to be like this. It's just you growing. And it literally is. I mean, when you said about breaking out of that box, in my mind I could visualize, you know, inside this cardboard box like sometimes it feels like. And there we are, we're just bashing our way out and we're going, whoa there's this incredible world out there it's been waiting for me all the time exactly so, yeah. interesting when you say that it's even like giving yourself the time to breathe and accept the compliments and kudos of what you've accomplished right yeah. like hearing my own it's like oh i guess i did that i used to hide from the fact like my science degree and my middle name being joy and i'm actually working on a keynote about joy and like unconditional love and stuff like that. I don't know what it is yet, but just for people to really understand, to find joy, you know, to really embrace it. And, and it's out there, you know, it might not be the same for everybody, but it, it's definitely out there. And, and really only you can find it and only you can validate it. Like I can help you get you there. But um, that's a big thing that I found and that I, I guess I preach more so is that, you know, your self-worth and no one can validate that for you. You know, there's got to be a time when you really start to recognize it and realize like you're the only one who can give it and take it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, I mean, what I love about joy is when you, when you really are in that state and that, and have that sense of joy, it's like you can deal with anything in the world, but, but there's also that, happiness that you're able to share and to say I love this and I'm great at this and and I love what I do and and it's not it's not coming from that place of ego is it it's coming from that place of sheer joy you know wow I love my life I love the difference I make in the world I love the connections that I make and all of those things and we're, we're often told I mean living in New Zealand I'm I'm English born and bred but I live in New Zealand and we have this um, thing out here I don't know what you'd call it it's a thing <laughs> and it's they call it tall, uh, tall poppy syndrome meaning that you can you know let the world know how amazing you are that you, you basically you know you've got to keep quiet and and it's quite incredible because when I, there's some amazing people here 
and they're doing incredible things, but you really don't know who they are until they go overseas. And then when they go overseas and then they actually spread their wings and then, you know, preach their message, and then you go, wow. And it's sad that, you know, we don't do that in our own country. I mean, it's getting better. But, um, yeah, it's just seen as culturally not appropriate to be blowing your, you know, sort of blowing your own trumpet type of thing. It's like, why not? Why can't we do that? (laughs) Well, you know, I think there's such a fine line, too, that it's not selfish. And I think when people, you know, like you having this podcast and bringing people on and, you know, us starting to, like, collaborate and talk and get to know each other, like, why can't we collaborate? You know, there's that you know and you've done and things that I can maybe bring. And, you know, I think that's what makes us all stronger is when you can everyone can keep bringing that. And I think it makes the world a better place too. Absolutely. And, you know, once you step into that place of knowing that it is about collaboration, there is no competition. Competition does not exist. You know, I've had a few people say to me, why why are you interviewing people who do things similar to you? And I go, well, because our souls are aligned, our messages are aligned, our purposes are aligned. Why would you not (laughs) connect with those people? Because like you said, there's power in numbers, there's strength, there's a, a greater, louder, bigger message that, that we can give. And, um, you know, I don't know what your mission is or your vision for the world, but mine is for everyone to fill enough. And I can't do that on my own. One little person with billions of people, of course not. But collaboration is key. And to, so to align with people who got a very similar message, why would you not do that? <laughs> it's like, it doesn't make sense to me. I agree. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, Give us some little bit more insight into, you know, the, the biggest part of your journey. You know, some of the real things that you look back on for yourself and you see them as massive hurdles. I mean, I know you sort of talked about things as sort of small steps and things like that. But is there anything that you look back on apart from the, you know, when you were 53? Anything else prior to that that was a sort of defining moment for you to... I don't know, step into that to being woman of strength. You know, working for a narcissist, that somewhere in there, even though you may not have had a voice, I'm sure there was a strong woman in there too. Yeah, you know, it was it was a decision really going against the grain of of everything else I knew. You know, it was kind of the the means to start that process. Um because you know, I was fortunate enough to stay at home and raise my kids. Uh, I'd had various part-time jobs. And again, as since my kids are about two years apart, two and a half years apart, you know, we had two college tuitions back to back. So I had to chip in somehow because it was just otherwise a financial strain. So to have something like that and be like, I, I just can't do it. Like if you want, want me around mentally, <laughs> yeah, just realize I can't do that. And you could pay me whatever and it can happen. So it was really interesting and it was such a battle um, to do that. And it did, it ruffled a lot of feathers. I don't even know if I've gotten over completely all those feathers, but so that really was a big stage. And, you know, when my mom passed, I was just in the middle of my graduate degree in my master's and I'm trying to think how much time I might have taken off. Like she died in in September 
And I think I was graduating in like January or February. So in that time, I'd gone back to finish my degree because that's what I was supposed to do. And um, I moved down to the Washington, D.C. area because that's where my future husband like followed the guy. I tell people don't ever follow the guy, which I did. Um, <laughs> followed the guy because that's where his work was. And I was near NIH where all this human genome stuff was. So, you know, that was convenient. But it was all these little steps of wondering if I had to check boxes, right? You know, so, because I didn't have a female figure in my life at that point, you know? Yeah. So it's like, okay, so then there's marriage, then there's kids, then there's, you know, it was just like ABC. And it was kind of the wake-up call, even with this other job, it was the wake-up call of, wait a second, um, I am like an adult. Like I should be an equal in this partnership. I'm not one of the kids. I need a voice in it. And again, it's really realizing that only you can give yourself that voice and only you can really say like, okay, time out. Yeah. I need to speak up. And so that, it was all those little stages. But the real, so that job was the first hurdle. And then really turning 53, it was like, oh, if I don't do it now, like now I'm doing it. Like, this is it. Like, can't wait anymore. I've got to get this done. Yeah. So. Cool. So if, if there was some advice that you could give, say, your 16-year-old self now with all that you've learned, what would that be? You know, I would say to always trust yourself. Always trust your intuition. Your gut tells you a lot. Hmm. And never, never let the outside noise make you second guess that. That would probably be the first thing. And re realize to use your voice. You know, the worst answer is going to be no. And then you just move on. Yeah. And um, I was so afraid of disappointing someone. And I probably self-imposed a lot of that. I don't even know if my parents were that strict or if I just thought they were. Yeah. I would say definitely trust yourself and, and ask. You, you know, learn to, you have a voice, so learn to use it early on. Great. Yeah, and it's so true to ask, isn't it? Because I think um, as, as women we take on so many different roles and it, it just feels awkward sometimes just to ask because we're always seen to be coping. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so asking is, is huge. And going back to what you were saying about, you know, when you do ask, there's only a 50% chance of the answer being no. But a lot of time we don't bother asking because we think it's automatically going to be no. We forget that actually there's only a 50, it's a 50-50. It's not 100%. That's, yeah. That's a great way. Yeah, it's only 50-50. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we take on the belief that, oh, if I ask, they're likely to say no. And it's like, I always say to my clients, no, it's 50-50. They could say yes. What would you do if they said yes? They'd be like, oh, gosh, I don't know. Whoa, what a new, what a new experience. Try it. Because I think it, it is about reframing everything, isn't it? You know, if we're fearful of asking, then go, well, it's, been, it's a new experience to ask. Enjoy the experience rather than feel fearful of it. You know, right. if, someone, if someone says yes, it's like, wow, what happens next? <laughs> so. I, got, I got something here, so I, now I have to move to the next step of that, yes.
Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Okay. So is there any, apart from what you would tell your 16-year-old self, is there any little gem that you can leave for our listeners? Any little gem? Mm. You know, I, I think one thing I love to, to tell people to do, um, I have a strategy for people that I love to share because I think it's, it's so powerful. It's, it sounds so simple. So I would suggest this. Um, since we all walk around with our cell phones, no matter where in the world we are, yeah. record yourself a personal message in your voice memos. Um, it can start with I am powerful because, and it could be three seconds and it could be three minutes. And it's not one of those messages where you're going to sit and re-record because you don't like the way you sound. It's literally you talking to yourself. And it's a great way to hit the reset button when you wake up and you have either a little bit of doubt or, you know, life just happens. And so your day didn't start out exactly the way you wanted it. Or it did start out and then like the dog ran away. So your day now is a little bit of a hurdle. Yeah. So, but it's your voice resetting yourself and it's a really easy thing to do. And it's just a reset button. So I would suggest to everyone listening to do that. It's, it's simple. It's quick. Don't second guess it. Just tell yourself I am powerful because, and I've, I've used this with so many people and I've used it. I use it on myself. I use it sometimes walking in before a speaking event. I've used it talking to a new client or talking about an uncomfortable situation, even, you know, with a bill person. So. Brilliant. I love that. Cause it, but the power of that is it resets your state, doesn't it? it? It's like, you know, whatever state you're in and then you listen to that, it's resetting it. And so when we reset our state, we just feel so different. So Incredible. Thank you for sharing that. I've not heard of that one before. So yeah, that's a new one. So <laughs> to add to my list of gems. So fantastic. Thank you for that, Robin. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you for sharing your story with us. It's quite incredible, even though, yeah, it is good to look back and think, oh, they were only small steps. But then actually, when we step into it, we go, actually, they were quite significant. But because we've moved on, you know, and we feel in a powerful position now, they do feel like small hurdles. Which, what I love about this interview is that it shows us that we can set ourselves up for the future for even bigger things. Because if you've overcome, you know, all of those things that you've told us about, and I'm sure there's a bigger story than, than what you've already told us, look how powerful you are, you know, in terms of the future you. So I, I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Wilcock.com, serving women to serve the world.